This is a public safety alert. There has been an emergency recall of all lemon assimilation personal hygiene products across the District, Maryland, and Virginia. If you or a family member have been exposed in the last six months, please contact Emergency Medical Services. Rapid gangly growth abnormalities? In the past few days, I'd noticed a strange, hard lump forming on my neck. It's been a tough week. Um, I've just come off a call with my doctor's office. I'm still trying to process it, really. I'm just so annoyed. Okay, uh, let me try to explain. Um, Well, Jen's back, which is just great, obviously. And she's been a rock at the whole lemon thing. You know, she's managed not to totally freak the fuck out. Even though both kids have clearly been affected by this shower gel. Not badly, but they've both had really weird lemon dreams. Blaze a bit more than Sierra. His bedroom was right next to the bathroom. Daddy, mm-hmm. I had another golden lemon dream. And I thought we lit all lived in pieces of trash and Daddy had a lemon head. My head was like looked like a lemon, or it was like a, a, a real lemon. A real lemon. Like how big was it? Like head size or small? No, it was even bigger <laughs> than space. It was bigger than space. <laughs> was I saying anything? Yes, you're saying lemons, <laughs> and the lemon sound was as big as thunder. <gasps> I mean, what do you say about that dream? I mean, my interpretation is clear. We're going to lose the house and end up living in trash because we're going to have to spend all our money on medical bills because that's what happens in this country. For-profit healthcare. Not healthcare to make people feel better. Healthcare to maximise profit. Yeah, so... um, I rushed them both to their paediatrician, but they didn't find anything wrong with them. In fact, they were quite rude to me and patronising... I think they actually said, Mr. Newsham, children dream about funny things all the time. Of course, they didn't know anything about the recall or the alert message. Specifically told me to seek medical attention. At least my doctor was uh, a lot more concerned with me, since my symptoms are clearly observable. I mean, you just can't ignore a growth on my neck that is getting bigger all the time. They took a biopsy of it cut off a teeny tiny bit and sent it to the lab. And I've worried about it for days. And it's getting bigger. And I'm getting these lemon sweats that are so acidic. If it gets in my eyes, I'm like temporarily blinded. So driving is a risk. And then just now, finally get the results back from the doctor's office. Not my doctor. A nurse practitioner. 
so, so incredibly maddening. I mean, I, I called them up. They put me on hold. Yes, this is Mr. Newsham returning your call. Thank you, Mr. Newsham. Just one minute. And of course, the whole music is, is just broken. And I hate this fucking song. Mr. Newsham? Yes, hello? Can you confirm your medical record, sure. number, please? Sure. Uh, 617. Eight four five nine eight seven two one three five six nine zero zero um uh backward slash two nine eight uh B C T eight one nine zero seven eight three four forward slash two zero nine seven six four zero zero eight two one and then looks like the symbol for pi. Thank you. Please hold. No, wait. You look like Danny DeVito And you dance like a crab in long pants Excuse me? Oh, do you do know your whole music is broken? Yes. Okay, um, you have my results? Good news, Mr. Newsham. It's negative. So, um, what does that mean exactly? It's not cancer. Great, um, but what is it then? It just says negative, benign. Yeah, but it's still a lemon growing out of my neck, and I'm not a lemon tree. The doctor said he would send it for tests. He did. It's not cancer. Right, but what is it? And frankly, there are many other ways to die. Most people are happy to hear they don't have cancer. Right. If they are worried about cancer, I'm sure, but I'm not. I'm worried about a lemon growing out of my neck. Please hold, Mr. Dosham. No! I mean, it's crazy. What can, what can you do about that? I mean, I've got, I've got an oven appointment with my doctor, and, uh, and until then, I'm, I'm wearing a big old cravat to cover it up. I don't know what to do. Gonna try and barrel through the episode. It's review. <laughs> Reviewing two more drama shows this week and it is my pleasure to start out with one of the most influential and major shows in modern podcasting history the long-running powerhouse that is welcome to night vale in case you don't know the show is a cult comedy and sci-fi fantasy created by Joseph Think and Jeffrey Craner in 2012. The first 20 or 30 episodes or so uh, were very much a bedroom-type production uh, recorded by the star of the show, Cecil Baldwin, um, voicing the main protagonist in one long single take. 
And the show has grown steadily ever since then, like the widening grin of the smiling god, praise be his name. May his smile grow so big it blacks out the sun and swallows all the sorrow of the universe. Yeah, so um, the show has a super concept and Cecil plays a community radio announcer in a creepy desert town out west. I always pictured 29 Palms or one of those weird abandoned resorts around Salton Sea. And the town of Nightvale is, you know, situated right in the Twilight Zone district, and it's sat on a bunch of Buffy-esque hell portals, and it's also home to every possible conspiracy theory and Lovecraftian monster invasion you can think of. But Cecil holds it all together with a cunning, matter-of-fact delivery, like an old-time radio ham. And he embellishes uh, this deadpan, straight man style at times with a darker, more sinister tone as required to advance the plot or mine for laughter. It's just great world building all round and they throw in some good satire as well uh, with funny adverts and announcements from all of America's best corporate entities from Six Flags to the likes of the NRA. But, you know, the essential core of the show is spinning off the droll... Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett, Joss Whedon-style presentation of magical realism. The meeting of the mundane with the surreal. You know, it's classic Bayfoss peddling. Ah, Bayfoss. Payfoss's younger and funnier brother. Uh-oh, Gollum's here. Nobody knows what Bayfoss is. Oh, go away, Gollum. Of course they do. You don't even know what Bayfoss is. It is the effect of an anticlimax created by an unintentional or humorously intended lapse or shift in mood from the sublime to the trivial or ridiculous. And I've told you before, I actually have a very clever audience. You don't have an audience. Nobody listens to you. Okay, that's enough. Out, go on. Get back. Get back to my room, you slimy fish man. Sorry about that. It's me uh, slapping Golem away on the nose with a rolled up newspaper. How do you get rid of your Golem? So where were we? Welcome to Night Vale. The show started well and uh, has took off to the point where they're now pushing up on 160 episodes. And they're a big production house now, spinning off many other great shows. And they also have a a touring live-action radio show, revitalising the old uh, Firesign Theatre tours of college campuses. Um, Because they've built a great following in the Grateful Dead way. They have a huge bedrock of fans who feed the work by buying merchandise and uh, and supporting them on Patreon and, and going along to the live shows. In the beginning, you had stuff like The Goon Show and other BBC dramas like The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And over here, you had Wolfman Jack, who could get pretty surreal and elaborate with some of his bits between records. And then Fireside Theatre and uh, Ken Nordine out in Chicago. And then, quite literally, you've got Welcome to Night Vale. And now it's spawned and inspired hundreds of new shows and podcasts. I hear now it's even been picked up for TV adaptation um, with Breaking Bad writer Jennifer Hutchinson at the helm. So I bet that's going to be great. What else? Oh, yeah. It 
The show also um, created one of the most wonderful gay romantic relationships in a long-running drama, which is important and not to be overlooked. I mean, yes, this is post-Stonewall America, but it really is still very much a homophobic place um, for all the small gradual advancements to gay rights. Don't get me wrong, the love story is not some liberal virtue piece. It's a really good love story, from initial attraction to nervous courtship through tragic separation to now when we're just starting to uh, see a few cracks as a sort of uh, domestic uh, boredom um, the nuts and bolts of long-term cohabitation kicks in one half of the couple Carlos the scientist is played by Dylan Moran uh, the brilliant social justice media activist I think we'll I'll talk more about him later so anyway, I picked up and started listening to this show in San Diego around 2013 or so, I guess. The first years when podcasting started to really pick up, when uh, Dave Winner and Adam Curry's hacked Apple script led to the RSS feed being able to auto-update content directly into your iTunes. You know, remember when iTunes worked before they had to uh, break it to maximise earning potential? Well, I subscribed to Nightvale, and it uploaded direct, and I looked forward to it, and it was such a breath of fresh air. But I guess something happened. After about 40 or so episodes, I stopped listening regularly. It kept updating and downloading, but I wasn't really, you know, connected to the show. And now I've gone back to the show for the review, and picked up where I left off, and checked into some of the newer storylines, and I've enjoyed them. But I'm not going to become a regular again, if I'm being totally honest with you and myself. So I suppose I'm going to have to try and understand why I fell totally out of love with this show. Well, but maybe that's not the way to think of it. Maybe, you know, enjoying 50 or 60 of a 160 show run is, is good enough. It's, you know, more than I would give time to a lot of other stuff. So what happened? Maybe the joke structure and the bathos and the narrative started to feel a bit repetitive. You know, I want to recognise its immense worth. I want you to listen to the show. I think you should give it a chance. And I think if you listen to 10 episodes or you become hooked and listen to the whole 160, it's going to be a win. But as to me rating it now, I think I'm going to need some help. I'll tell you what, I'm going to call William. Uh, you remember, he's my uh, blind friend I met through that community scheme. I think he's listened to every episode, so I think maybe he'll be able to help give me some clarity. Hello. Hey, William. It's me. Oh, hi, Andy. It's not Thursday, is it? No, no, it's uh, Monday. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I was just reading that magazine you got me. Oh, great. Juggling the Void. Yes, the um, the uh, magazine for nihilist street performers. Wow. What do you think? Well, I was going to ask you, it's, it's very heavy, and the, the quality of the Braille is really good. I mean, I, I hope it wasn't too expensive. No, no, really don't worry about that. Because I know Braille books are expensive, and I do like it. But if you're going to be getting me gifts, you, you can't go wrong with Danish. No. <laughs> I know, right. But honestly, don't worry. It was uh, buy one subscription, get one free. And... It was weird. I, you know, I saw there was a Braille version available, so I just ticked that box for you. In fact, I didn't even have to pay for it. I used some uh, air miles that were going to expire. Air miles? Okay, yeah. Oh, you don't know what air miles are. Well, no. let's see. Um, they are a thing uh, you get from airlines. They're like a loyalty program. 
They're a, a promotion to keep you flying with them. Uh, that's the that's the theory anyway. So you you buy a plane ticket and you get air miles that you can save up. And if you get so many, you can trade them in for free flights. Or if you only have a few miles, like I did for Boeing Airlines, you can uh, trade them in for magazine subscriptions. Yeah, I don't understand. What don't you understand? You flew on a plane and they gave you a subscription to Juggling the Void? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, you, you actually, you've got it. And- and because you flew on a plane, I actually, you, I also get a subscription to Juggling the Void. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Look, it, it honestly, it sounds stranger than it is, but uh, you know, that's not the main thing. The main thing is, do you like it? Uh, yeah, sure. Did you get the holiday special one with the article on the Jewish Satanists? Yes, I never realized how hard it is for them. Right, because if you turn the Star of David upside down, it looks just like a regular, a regular Star, Star of David. David. <laughs> Yeah, oh man, those Jewish Satanists have it tough. I know. Anyway, um, I'm hoping you can help me out because I'm calling about that uh, podcast you love, Welcome to Night Vale. Oh, yeah. I'm reviewing it on this week's show, and I know it's one of your favorites, so I don't know. I just wanted to get your take on it. Well, it's uh, it, it's it's really great, I think. I mean, what do you want? Like, what do you want me to go in depth or something? Well, just, you know, what, what, what do you really like about it? Oh, right, well... It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, they, they create this whole world right there, like in your brain, you know, like it, it's, each, each episode has a story that like, that gets resolved in a way that I never, I never, you know, see it coming, you know? What's your, what, what I, are some of your favorite story arcs? Um, I really like, I really dug the one where there's the whole desert otherworld thing, right? Like they, they get lost in, um, <laughs> Uh, the, desert the, bluffs. Desert bluffs, right? And like it's it's like the whole. Well, there's the desert bluffs versus de- Night Vale. It's been a while. You got it. There's a whole other world where there's this other god, the smiling god that comes in and is just like is like threatens to tear everything apart. And you know, like there's the there, there's a whole love story between uh, Cecil and uh, the the scientist. What's the Carlos? Science? Carlos, man, that's some touching stuff. I I I have to admit it. I got a little teared up. Carlos gets lost in the other desert, right? And so, like, there's a whole season or whatever that they're apart from each other, and, and then they get back together, and it's it's great. And it's funny. It's funny. I think it's funny. I think it's hysterical. I think, I think, but it's like absurd, which really appeals to me because you know I have a dark sense of humor. I would say, <laughs> you know, I like I, uh, I I like I like I like when they go to traffic. It's like some philosophical idea of being stuck in traffic as opposed to actual traffic reports. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty funny stuff. <laughs> And the weather, you know, like they get some really good bands on there, I have to say, you know, like um, especially the hip hop, the selections. Yeah, I like the hip hop that they get on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a re- it's always a good discovery. They do curate that really well, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 not a thing I expect. I'm more of like, a, you know, Steppenwolf, get your motor running kind of guy than hip hop. <laughs> but it's hip hop that I like. So that's something. Well, how many stars would you give it? Uh, a, oh, five. Five stars plus one to grow on. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what else can I give it? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a uh, 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 big jar of sand. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's set in the <laughs> desert. Okay. I'll give it um, a Garrison Keeler being buried alive. That's the news from Lake Wobegon, where all the women are cows, the men are amiable halfwits, 
and all the children of a rosy child often mistaken for those. Thanks, man. That's uh, that's a really big help. Well, you know, glad to be of service. Hey, though, have you heard from your friend? Which one? The one with the tattoo of the Death Star, made out of cocks. <laughs> no, 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 oh. I haven't. No, that's a shame. Yes, it is. I really wish more than anything I could, you know, see it. What the tattoo? Yeah. More than anything? Yes. No, seriously. Yeah. William, you've been blind from birth. You've never seen anything, right? Correct. And that's what you wish you could see more than anything? It sounds um, unique. More than a sunset in the Sierras? More than the ocean? More than the Grand Canyon? Or the grey whale migration in Baja? Mm. No? More than the pyramids or a kitten or a kitten at the pyramids? Well, yes. I mean, that sounds you know good, but the, the tattoo, I mean, that sounds amazing. <laughs> Well, I mean, it certainly is that. Do you think he'd let me uh, feel his face? Who? Your friend. I was thinking it would be great if I could touch his face while you talk to him about the tattoo. And then I'd really get to experience how he feels about it. <laughs> let me get this straight. You want to touch his face while I tease him about his Death Star cock tattoo? Yeah, picture it. I'd be laughing and you'd be laughing and you know i'd feel all over his face and i'd get to really uh feel his um exquisite annoyance no um i really i don't think he'd be up for that to be honest you did not know how hard it is being blind there's just so much i'm missing oh i i really don't think you're missing much william but it's moot anyway since he stopped returning my calls oh that's a shame Yes, yes, it is. Look, I've got to go. Well, I, I just hope you finally learn your lesson this time. What, what's that supposed to mean? That, you know, that you can be a real dick sometimes, you know. Okay, William, thanks a lot. I'll see you Thursday. You bring some, uh... Yes, I'll bring some Danish. Almond Danish? Yes, bye, William. Bye, Andy. Almond Danish. Okay, next up is a show from the Night Vale Production House, Night Vale Presents... In conjunction with uh, WNYC, the show's called The Orbiting Human Circus of the Air. The show takes you to a world in which there is this immense variety show uh, broadcast out of the top of the Eiffel Tower. And it's a beautiful, whimsical, imaginative trip. But we only know about it through the lowly janitor at the Eiffel Tower, the protagonist Julian, and his efforts to get close to the show uh, that usually backfire and cause all kinds of mayhem. The main narrative comes through a rich, imaginative, personal narrator inside Julian's head, voiced by Drew Callender. And you'll hear about things like the great resuscitating platypus of the North and hear uh, music from the orchestral, which is a rare bird that can make the sound of every musical instrument in the orchestra. And of course, the sound design is rich and engaging, and the show just is an absolute sonic feast. To be honest, it's hard to really adequately explain it since it hits you like a fever dream. It was created by Julian Costa, a musician and writer you may know from his work with Jeff Mangum's uh, Neutral Milk Hotel and uh, other psychedelic folk projects. He likes making sores sing, and he has a uh, glorious obsession with an imagined classic radio era. A deeply nostalgic feeling uh, for a world filled with magic and, uh, and belle epoque charm. 
I suppose if director Wes Anderson was to make a podcast, it would be like this. Think of the work of musician James Kirby's Caretaker albums, how they are terrifying dreams of nostalgia and melancholy, but then add in a stronger and more playful narrative core. So maybe The Caretaker's Empty Bliss Beyond This World meets The Beatles, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. It's a good show. If there is a flaw, um, I've spoken to a few people uh, who I've tried to turn on to it, and, and it's perhaps that you might not like the voice of Julian. It might be a bit too wet and whiny, a bit like Moaning Myrtle or Tiny Tim. It's difficult in extended audio drama. You do need to hook the ear uh, with a lot of different and interesting voices, and some of them are not going to work for everybody. Also, maybe the plotting of the actual uh, show could be stronger. But these are things, these are not necessarily why you should listen to this show anyway. This is a unique and beautiful piece of sonic art and storytelling. You should give yourself a time. Listen in the bath, listen in bed in the dark. Really give yourself time and space to enjoy this, to really hook in. It's incredible. I'm looking forward to listening to this again uh, with the kids on a camping trip next year when it gets dark. Uh, because it's just pure concentrated fertilizer for the imagination and it's an absolute treat and more than worth your listening time. You've got uh, one season to download and the second season is coming out now. So the orbiting human circus of the air gets five stars, two thumbs up and a beautiful chiseled masterpiece. Bellissima. So am I. I'm on math. Math is not someone else's problem. It's everyone in South Dakota's problem. And we need everyone to get on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it too. And the winner of the best iHeartRadio podcast goes to iHeartRadio. Energy Secretary Rick Perry made an interesting declaration about President Trump and how he came to be president. God's used uh, imperfect people all through history. King David wasn't perfect. Uh, Saul wasn't perfect. Solomon wasn't perfect. Uh, and I actually gave the president 
uh, a little one-pager on hmm. those Old Testament What does the Bible say about, about adulterers? And I shared it with him. I said, Give Mr. you a President, hint. I know there are people Leviticus say, 2010. You, know, you, you said you were the chosen one. Uh, and and I, I said, you were. Chosen? If you're a believing Christian, he lost the popular vote. He was only chosen uh, by the NRA, who, racist, uh, fear-mongering, and, and Russian and, propaganda. And judge over us on, on this planet in our, in our government. Christians, you've got to wake the fuck up. It's days after I've heard that Rick Perry turd claiming Trump is God's chosen one. And I'm still pissed about it. It's almost like religion is just a bunch of made-up shit designed to control and profit from people. Stifle direct action. Divert good intentions into wholly pointless activities like prayer. I mean, it's funny, isn't it, how Christianity constantly upholds white supremacy and the status quo. It's why the slave masters whip the Gospels into their black African property. I mean, they had no trouble feeding their slaves the Bible, because the Bible isn't anti-slavery. But the president is God's chosen one now. I seem to remember that it was a very different story when the last guy was in office. You know, you remember him? That nice black guy? It was really different how they behaved then. In fact, they did everything they could to thwart him, to denigrate his democratically mandated mission. They even stole a Supreme Court pick from him. And he was a Christian too. Actually no stranger to the church. Hadn't ever broken any of the Ten Commandments. Not like this Trump guy. But, you know, it's uh, different rules for rich white guys. Am I right? I mean, look, drug use is at the same rate amongst all the races. But the jails are full of black men. I remember the black president even knew all the words to Amazing Grace. Trump thinks Amazing Grace is about some hooker he used to see in college. Anyway, I've had more from that Russian guy in Florida from the Scene by Scene podcast. Um, I gave him a bad review in the Tom Waits show, and he responded by taking my logo and putting out an episode calling me stupid. Then, uh, I think I made it worse, offhandedly calling him a troll, and uh, now it's escalated again. Here, have a listen. I am so upset. I can't shake it. I just went to get my donut and there was old lady in line with small dog and she was talking too much. The drive through people were getting served much faster, like five times quick. I am so upset. I am thinking maybe I should get a car, but uh, this is stupid. It would take 10 minutes and then maybe there would be another old lady in front of me in drive through with dog and car. And I almost had cash register, but old lady is talking to dog. And dog's name is Carlos. And there are only two Boston cream donuts left in cupboard. The drive-through service like machine. And he comes, he grabs Boston cream. So now there's only one left. And old lady is talking to Carlos' dog who has some sort of skin disease and is totally blind. And there is just one Boston cream left in cupboard. And old lady keeps saying, which one today, Carlos? But he is blind dog, like like pinball wizard. I do not understand. Why would you take a blind dog into a donut shop? Like, why would you take deaf, dumb, and blind kid to video your kid? It makes no sense. Unless you are sleeping with his mother and you want him out of house, you may as well put him in kitchen with spoon. Just tell him he's champion. 
and then old lady buys the last busting cream for the blind dog. I can hardly breathe. And I'm so upset. I'm almost crying. And then it is my turn and I buy special pumpkin donut. But it is not so special. I'm a loser. And I take my loser donut outside and there is a lady and she is letting dog lick the last busting cream on the table. And I shout, old lady, you should not get donut to dog. And police car is there, so I run away. I'm so upset. Why did he call me troll? How, how does he know Vladislav and Big Head and Village Kid throw rocks at him every day on the way to gymnasia? I'm not troll. You are troll, stupid Andy, stupid Kaz. <laughs> And I watched Tom Waits in Colin Brothers movie. It, it was very good. But now I don't know. He makes me not like this performance because he likes it. He makes me not like Tom Waits Renfield so much. It makes me, you know, you know, Andy's stupid face, stupid cast. I quote yourself back to yourself. Your podcast is like Pine Forest taking a dump. No, don't taking the dump to the Pine Forest. Whatever. Stupid. Yeah. Just going to eat this pumpkin donut. I I eat I eat all this shitty special pumpkin donut just to spite you. That's right. I eat it all. Wow. Um. Really got under his skin. I mean, I always knew there was going to be a bit of conflict from time to time as a podcast reviewer. But I figure I'd be honest, you know, try and work in the form, earn my way, you know, be fair, turn people onto good stuff. I mean, I do have a fair amount of rage and invective to express, and Ben Shapiro and Joel Austin podcast reviews will be forthcoming. But I think I was really mild on this guy, to be honest. Now I'm doubting myself, and he's eating donuts at me, trying to involve me in some kind of mental breakdown. I was going to uh, continue with more drama podcast reviews next week, but I'm going to take a little break from those, and I'm going to review a show called Conversations with People Who Hate Me. It's from uh, the Night Vale Presents production house, and it's from Dylan Maron, the social justice uh, YouTube warrior. And uh, I don't know if you know him, but he does these amazing unboxing videos where he uh, unpacks big concepts like uh, privilege and police brutality. And uh, as you can guess, he gets a, a lot of shit from people. But in this podcast, he's kind of trying to uh, take the hate and turn it golden by contacting the people who've attacked him and really listening and talking to them to find some common ground. I've started listening, and it's uh, a bit of a revelation. I'll, I'll give you a full review next week, and then maybe I can figure out a way to uh, reach out to Vladislav in Florida and try and turn uh, our dialogue into something more productive. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please spread the word 
and leave me a review on iTunes or wherever you listen. And if you want to help out, you can buy me a coffee. Link in the show notes and on the website. More links to everything I talk about in the uh, full show transcript, um, which is available through the website too. Andy's Podcaster Podcasting Podcast is sponsored by the American Shoe Council. December is Winkle Picker Awareness Month, the pointed shoe invented in the 1950s and beloved of rock and rollers, teddy boys, and goths everywhere. The shoe has a long pointed snout, like a periwinkle knife, hence its name, which is used to winkle out the disgusting jellyfish from its husk. Winkle Pickers! Well, I've read it. I hope you're happy. The jazz is provided by Mario Ron's Interzone. I don't know who's providing your jazz, but I think you should switch to these cats. Thanks for listening, and have a great week, wherever you're at. Catch you later. Tarara bit.